All right, book of Proverbs tonight, Proverbs chapter number 24. Proverbs chapter number 24. We're going to look at two verses of Scripture uh, this evening, and we're going to look at another uh, character, another individual tonight uh, that we can uh, learn from the Bible, uh, how to respond to them. Uh, tonight's one that we want to try and avoid. And so uh, we'll look into this passage, and it tells us um, how this individual comes about. And so we'll understand uh, where it comes from. We'll understand how to uh, stay away from it and avoid it ourselves because we're all susceptible uh, to uh, uh, ending up in a place we don't want to end up in. So Proverbs chapter number 24, and uh, we'll look at two verses of Scripture tonight. And again, I want, to, I want you to look forward to Sunday and be here on Sunday. How many of you are going to be here on Sunday? All right. I mean, you're going to be here for the prayer meeting on, on Saturday morning. And so be here Saturday morning for the prayer meeting as well and all the different things. And we'll look forward to a good weekend. Proverbs 24. I'm going to read verse 21 and verse 22. Proverbs 24. My son, I remind you, this is Solomon, from the perspective of Solomon writing to his son, giving him principles, giving him wisdom, giving him uh, things he's learned in his life, giving him the instructions of, of, of the Lord. My son... Fear thou the Lord and the king. Sounds like pretty good advice. Have that respect, uh, that, that fear. It's not a, a fear like you're afraid of, of something, some scary person. Uh, it's, it's a fear of uh, that respect, that reverence, if you will, uh, the Lord and the king, so your authority. And meddle not with them that are given to change, for their calamity shall rise suddenly and who knoweth the ruin of them both? Tonight I want to look at that phrase right there in verse 21, but we'll, it, it's wrapped around uh, verse 21 and verse 22. And notice, and meddle not with them that are given to change. Tonight I want to uh, teach on dealing with those who change. Dealing with those who change. And so we want to see what the Lord says about this. And so let's ask the Lord to bless us tonight. Father, we love you. Thank you for another opportunity to see what the Bible says uh, about this important matter. And Father, I pray that you would use the Word of God to help us this evening. Of course, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is an important uh, subject tonight. Uh, just like we don't want to end up as a fool, uh, we want to make sure we have the right position and keep the right position. And I'll give us some practical applications tonight that I think will help us. Uh, as a young preacher, I had drilled in me, don't ever change, don't ever change, don't ever change, don't ever change. Uh, now that I'm still a young preacher, it's still in my mind, don't ever change, don't ever change. Uh, we're having a weekend, uh, this coming weekend we have planned, and that's a weekend where I want us to grow. That's not the change we're talking about. I want to grow as a pastor. I want you to grow as a Christian. We should grow in our Christian life. That's the goal. That's not what the Bible is talking about, changing. Uh, we'll look at a different, it's in the context that the Bible teaches uh, in just a moment. Uh, you know my, my love of, of, of history, especially American history, and my favorite period, as you, you may have picked up on, is the, is the Revolutionary War period, that colonial times. And the Revolutionary War is a fascinating uh, period of history. God's hand was all in that. And what, what patriots, what men, what sacrifice uh, was made so that we have our liberty today? Uh, there was one. There were several generals. We think of, uh, you know, the, the ones that the one that became president. Of course, George Washington. He was the leader of the army. But there were a lot of uh, amazing generals. Even by George Washington's own hand, he would give credit that this one's superior in this and this one's superior in this. But obviously, God used George Washington in that capacity. One particular general uh, that often gets overlooked in his victories that he brought for the, the colonies. Uh, he uh, was instrumental in some key victories. It can be said that the war would have been over really before it started if it was not for this general. And this general, uh, if, you, if you took a poll during that period of time, if you asked George Washington, he would say that he was his superior. 
he fought for the colonies. But one day, he changed. And this general is Benedict Arnold. We know him today as the traitor. We know him the day nobody is naming their children after him because it's synonymous with a traitor. But he was not always that. There was a time when he was a patriot willing to lay down his life for the cause. But along the way, there was some envy. There was jealousy. He got overlooked for promotion. And he changed. He took a bag of money and changed his position. Now, with that in mind, I want us to uh, remember some things tonight and say, well, why are you bringing that up? Because I don't want to be a Benedict Arnold to the cause of Christ. Uh, I don't want to be a Benedict Arnold to my family, to my church, to certainly not to my nation. I, I, want to, I, want to, I want to stay the way I am. The reason why we hold George Washington in the reverence we do is because he was steady. That's a, that's a secular example, if you will. But how many examples do we have in the Bible of those that just would not change for any reason? How many examples do we have in our own life? Now, I'm not, again, I'm not talking about how we want to grow. I'm not talking about our humanity. We talked on that last week. We, we were all, nobody's perfect. But we want to change and keep our position. Now, notice there's two key words in verse number 21. And meddle not with them that are given to change. If we're talking about change, let's, let's, let's give a definition to change. Any variation or alteration in form, state, quality, or essence. You can summarize that with a change of habits or principles. A change of habits or principles. Meddle, that word meddle, is to have to do, to take part, to act in the concerns of others or in affairs in which one's involvement is not necessary. To mix or mingle. Mix or mingle, get involved with something that you don't have to get involved in. This isn't part of the Bible study tonight, but you know, there's a lot of drama we get involved in that we don't have to get involved in. Uh, and so the Bible is saying don't meddle, don't get involved with, with if, whatever you don't have to do, don't do it with those who change their habits or principles. And the Bible tells us why. Now, the Bible does not tell us that there, those who change are unsaved. The Bible does not tell us that they do not have any redeeming qualities. You know, even Benedict Arnold, he, he was a traitor to this nation. He was a traitor. And if he hadn't got on a ship and sailed back to Britain, he'd have been hung or shot as a traitor. But he still won victories. So somebody changes. You don't erase what they've done for Christ. But there's a warning here, and so I don't want to be, if we're told not to meddle with those, in other words, don't get involved in ways you don't have to get involved with, with those that change habits, those that change principles. Then I don't want to change, because there's a warning, don't get involved with those that change their habits, change their principles. You follow me? I'm going to give you, very quickly, ten statements tonight. Are you ready? Everybody with me? Are you awake? All right, number one. <clears throat> our position is determined by our relationship and response to the authority. Our position is determined by our relationship and response to authority. If we're going to say we're not going to change our habit and principle, we've got to know where we are to begin with. And so <clears throat> it's, how do we know where we are? We don't determine the position. It's where the authority is. There's a lot of Christians say, well, well I'm, not, I, I'm in this position. I'm positioning myself. Okay, but the authority in our life, one of the authorities is the Word of God, isn't it? So where do we position ourselves with that? Notice your Bible. Verse 21 says, My son, fear thou the Lord and the King. There's your authority. Fear thou the Lord and the King. Let me illustrate this. I'm going to get some help tonight. Brother Joe, since you're on the end, I'll let you help me. If you'll go down on that middle step there. Brother Joe is going to represent the king. It's not much of a representation, but he's going to, 
It's going to get worse, I promise you. It's, he represents the king. He's an authority. You and I have a lot of authorities in our life. Children have parents as their authority. In, some people don't like this, but the church, the pastor's an authority. You know, in, in, if there's a Sunday school class, that Sunday school teacher's the authority. In a school, a school classroom, the teacher's the authority. In a government, there's authorities. Everybody with me on that? So we are told, not just in this place, our position is in relation to the authority. All right? So, uh, Neil, you awake? Come on. Be careful walking across here. I know you've had a hard time with that. Just stand there on the bottom. Turn around face. Nope, not the bottom step. There you go. All right? This is, this is man. This is, I told you it wasn't a good representation. This is, this is man. This is us. We ha- all have authorities. All right? Now, there's the ultimate authority, Brother Cruz. It's even worse. I'll let you play God. You don't get any higher than God. He is the authority. And this authority only has authority because God has delegated his authority. That's why, teenagers, you don't decide who's in charge in your home. God's already decided that. God's the head of the house. He's delegated that authority. In the church, this is God's church. He's delegated authority to the pastor. In governments, in kingdoms, God's, God's, whether, whether it says in God we trust or whether we don't want God, God's still the ruler of every nation. Kings and leaders delegated authority. That's why they're going to be held responsible for how they have used that authority. Worse than the ballot box giving a judgment on a president, God is going to hold them accountable for the, His authority. Okay? So our position begins in relation to the authority. Everybody with me? That's how it's determined. The Word of God, I've already said it, is an authority. So we want to position ourselves the way God would position us with the authority. All right? Man relates to the king, but the king still must relate to God. The child still has a relation to the parent, but the parent still has that relation with God. So I have a responsibility as man, if this is my authority, I have a responsibility in my position with that authority. So well, what if the authority is not a good authority? He has to give an account of the ultimate authority. What happens a lot of times, this has nothing to do with the Bible study tonight, is the authority is more worried about who's under than who's over. You've got a good authority if they're more concerned about who's over than who's under. Okay? So we start with the king and the Lord. Thank you. Y'all can sit down. Neil, sit right there on that front row because you'll be back. Number two. The most loyal, principled, consistent people can change. The most loyal, principled, consistent people can change. I hope through this study we have seen, we, we wouldn't consider, I'm not a fool, but we could become one. I'm not a scorner, but I can become one. So, Pastor, that never happened to me. Be careful. Because pride is present in each, each one of these that we don't want to be. And so I have to remind myself that I can be loyal, principled, and consistent. You know what that means? I am a candidate for change. You can be the most loyal, consistent, principled Christian. You know what you are? A candidate for change. That's what we are. So in that position... We must understand a lot of times we get ourselves in trouble. We have failures. We have falls. We have difficulties because we think we are untouchable. We get comfortable and we're not on guard. We don't defend ourselves. 
And so we must be reminded the most loyal, principled, consistent people can change. Number three, notice in, in your Bible again, My son, fear thou the Lord and the king, and meddle not with them that are, notice your Bible, that are given to change. Given to, it's an option. It's a direction. Number three, those given to indicates change comes by giving in to pressure to change. Change comes, those given to indicates change comes by giving in to pressure to change. You don't just change your principles for the sake of changing your principles. There's pressure that comes somewhere. As a preacher, there's pressure on me to give in to change. There's pressure from other preachers. There's pressure from uh, uh, the Christians who don't want to do right. There, there's pressure from just the, the, the weight of life. There's, there's always pressure. Will this be easier? I don't want to have to deal with this, or I don't want to have to fight this battle. I don't want to. There's always that pressure to give in to change. So those given to indicates change comes by giving in to pressure to change. Now, if this is the case, should we be on guard versus pressure? You're vulnerable, I'm vulnerable in the will of God. See, if you're out of the will of God, you know what you're not a candidate to be? Leave the will of God. But if you're in the will of God, if you're serving God to the best of your ability, and pressures of life just comes. You didn't ask for them. Now they're coming. This happened. I didn't see this happen. This person's putting pressure on me over here. Life is squeezing me. Then now there is a pressure to give into those given to change. We talk about those given to change indicating there's a pressure, but if you picture that illustration we had, there's pressure to move our position in relation to the authority. There's that pressure, and then somebody who changes, they change their principles or their habits, they have succumbed to that pressure. Let me give you number four. It ties right into it. Those given to change have allowed, are you ready, disagreement, pride, envy, difficulty, or laziness to erode their position. Those given to change have allowed disagreement, pride, Envy, difficulty, or laziness to erode their position. You know why some Christians, you know why, we could all say that we've all done this at some point. And if you, if you don't want to put yourself on that all, you can correct me when, on the way out. But we've all backslidden because we got lazy. We've all backslidden just because we're lazy. We got lazy in our walk with the Lord. We got lazy in our church attendance. We got lazy in what we allow to influence us. We got lazy in our Bible reading. We, got, we, got, we get lazy. And so now there's a pressure or there's a disagreement. You know those emotions we have that God, God warns us of? That, 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 that we have, but we have to control them by the Spirit of God? It's easy to get offended. It's easy to, when you have that disagreement, get a wound and let it fester into something. So those indicate, and this is what I say, this is what you got to understand, is we all have the ability to change. Another word for change in this context is compromise. And there's some things that cannot be compromised. And we have to understand if there's a pressure on us, all that we need for that triggers a good is a word that's used a lot. Is the right disagreement, the right time. The I've been lazy in my walk with the Lord, protecting my spirit, and now I'm mad at somebody, or I'm offended by what somebody said or did. And then we give in to that change. And so that is something for us to be reminded. I want to guard myself against that, and then I want to understand it. 
And this is important because there's nothing wrong with the Bible. Matter of fact, is there nothing wrong with the Bible? There's everything right with the Bible. So if, a, if there's a change, we are leaving the authority. I've changed my habit. Well, I don't get anything out of the Bible anymore. Well, you, if you don't read it, you're not going to get anything out of it. I just, I just, I'm just not, this is just not helping me anymore. Okay, what's changed? Because the Bible hasn't changed. So, so what, where's the change? It, it, we have to understand there's a pressure, and then we allow certain things, so we give in to change because of these things in our life. So I need to guard myself. If I'm ever in a position, well, I'm going to move my position. I'm going to move my habits. I want to, I want to change my principles. This is the way I've always lived, but, but now there's these circumstances. There's nothing wrong with this. No matter what life brings you, this is always right. This is truth. Well, I feel differently about some things. You know, there's I, I, in my place where I'm at in life, I feel different, differently about some things. There's some things I, I get upset about. There's some things that I don't like. That doesn't mean this Bible's changed. It means I have to be careful that if I give in to whatever that situation is, life is squeezing me. The disappointment, the disagreement, the conflict, the pressure. I'm susceptible now to just say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm tired of getting kicked back from the team program. I'm tired of getting, 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 getting pushed back from, from, from this and this and this. And you know what? If that's what they want. They can just have it. Well, in order to do that, I have to change a principle. And parents, be careful with that because as your kids get older and they say, well, I don't want to do this. And you find out, wow, that they, they have the same stubbornness as mom does. That's a shock. Man, I, I can't tell you, I've, you know, I've got three daughters and as they've grown up, it's just like, you know, I'm watching... My wife interact with each one of them. They get to a certain age, and I'm just like, they're twins. <laughs> They've got the same attitude, the same stubbornness. Now, the two that are sitting in the building tonight will deny that. But I was talking to Alyssa the other day, and she's matured. She's 25 now, about to be a mom and all those kind of things. And she'll finally admit, yeah, I've, I'm just like my mother. What, what am I saying? Those things start coming, and we're tired, we're weary. I'm tired of fighting this battle in my own house, this and that. But is it a habit? Is it a principle that was established in relation to that authority? So I must respect that authority because I've, I've chosen my position by it. And so all of that pressure comes. Now, that ties right into number five. This is the one sometimes people don't like. Number six, probably tie into that too. Number five, people who change are usually changed by the pressure of other people who have changed. People who changed are usually changed by the pressure of other people who have changed. There's other principles in the Bible I can show you this. This is why I'm always going to give warning. You need to be careful about this. You need to be careful about this person. You need to be careful because it's, it's from Bible times. If somebody changes, change isn't a big deal. Because they've changed. And if they change their habits and their principles in relation to the Word of God or authority in general, but I use it in, in the Word of God, then of course it can't be because of their change. It has to be some other, or the change is great. Don't you feel so liberated after getting out from under the authority? Uh, and by the way, your flesh and my flesh is the cruelest taskmaster. The cruelest taskmaster. But we have to understand this. People who change are usually changed by the pressure of the people who have changed. This is something, as your pastor, as a preacher, is why I am quick. I, I'm, I'm patient in one sense. I'll give room. I, I have no problem giving grace. 
If somebody's coming this position, I have no problem. Somebody who, a preacher who is moving away from the Word of God, they're not coming back to preach in this pulpit. I'm not going to call them and say, hey, you want to go out and, why? Because I know there's pressure on your pastor to change. I don't want to change where I've positioned myself when it comes to the authorities that God has placed over me. Is this making sense? I understand that people who change are always the greatest pressure. Remember that word pressure I brought up two points ago? Pressure for me to change. Number six. Look with me at the words metal not. Is that ambiguous? The meaning, interpret that however you want to interpret that. It is a command. The strip is going to be so proud of me. There's an understood you there as the subject. It's not there, it's understood. You meddle not. Meaning, you don't mix or mingle. You don't take part in the business or in one's involvement when it's not necessary. This is, you have the choice. And number six is we should not interact any more than necessary with those who change. Now, do we believe the Bible tonight? The Bible says, and meddle not Don't interact with them unless you have to. Don't mix and mingle with them who are given to change. And I'm going to define what that exactly means in just a moment. But we know change is there. We know it's a change of habit, a change of principles. The Bible says, meddle not with them. That is a command. Do we think that God knows more than we know about a situation? We can determine that a change is dangerous. I'll tell you right now, if I start changing my position on doctrine, it's dangerous. If I'm around the preacher who changed his position and and changed his position on on holiness or whatever, it's dangerous. Mom and dad, if you change, well, you know, Wednesday night's not that big a deal. That's a dangerous, dangerous position to be in because it's change. And the Bible says, is there, I think we understand. Now, I already said the Bible doesn't say they're unsaved. The Bible doesn't say they're horrible people. The Bible doesn't say they have no redeeming qualities. The Bible says doesn't, not to love them. The Bible doesn't say not to pray for them. You with me? The Bible says don't interact with them unless you have to. When it comes to family, you have to have some interaction with family. You have to. You, when it comes to, but you may have to put yourself in a position where you don't, you don't have to, there's some interaction you don't have to have with them. When it comes to work, you have to have some interaction, but not, but not more than necessary. Don't go in tomorrow and resign because somebody there used to go to church and now is not to go to church. Hey, God forbids me to working here. That's not what the Bible say. That word metal is very specific. But it does say you probably shouldn't go out after work with them because you don't have to do that. Don't mix and mingle. Don't get involved where you don't have to get involved. Everybody with me? Okay, social media. How much interaction do you have to have with those people who've changed? I know the answer. I'll let you answer it for yourself. This is Bible. Why? Because are we all at risk to change our habits and principles? If if a business owner hires a a hardworking person and puts them with a lazy worker, you know what he's going to have? He's going to have two lazy workers. 
That's the way it works. Because we are gifts. Oh, you don't have to do that. That's not a big deal. But, but the authorities, well, it's okay. We're, gonna, we're not doing that anymore. The question is, how much is necessary? How much is necessary? Well, it comes down to we want to protect ourselves, don't we? In protecting myself, I'm protecting my home. In protecting myself, I'm protecting those I influence. So we should not interact any more than necessary. I'm not telling you how much you should or shouldn't. I'm just telling you what the Bible says tonight. It says meddle not with them. And I'm explaining to you what that means. Those that are giving the change, don't interact with them as anything more than you have to interact with them. You can be polite. You can be Christian. You can do what you got to do. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to spend all the time that maybe I normally would. Everybody okay? Number seven, change. Notice what's happening. Fear thou the Lord and the King, and meddle not with them that are given to change. Okay? That word change, we've already defined it. Short, short definition, it's a change of habits or principles. Something's altered. Number seven, change never lends itself to stability, but instead to continual change. This is, this, is, this, is, this is a fact. This is one of those immutable laws. Change never lends itself to stability, but instead to continual change. You and I should fight hard against change. Some of you that have been here for 30 years, you, you got that same grumpiness, Bud, thank you for not changing. Thank you. See, Pastor, why, that, that's a little thing. Why is it, why is it a non-negotiable? It might be because I'm afraid of change. It might be, yes, there could be a better way of doing it, and I'm not necessarily opposed to that, but I want to make sure that we have stability and it took me 10 years, Dad, plug your ears back there so you don't, you don't hear this. It took me 10 years before I changed the order of service the way my dad had it for 32. And there's some people say, it's just the order of service, not a big deal. But there's other people say, oh, we're going liberal. <laughs> you see where that hymn is right now? You see, see when the choir's singing now? We're going liberal. Ah, I'm worried about pastor. Worried about him. You know, we're singing next to him now. Next thing you know, we'll be having a praise team or something. You know why? Because that's okay in the sense I'd rather have that. Why are we changing? Then let's just throw everything out and start all over. Um. Change never lends itself to stability, but instead to continual change. Once you change, you're not done changing. Uh, once you compromise, it's going to lead to another compromise. It lead, never lends itself to stability. Let me illustrate again. Why are you getting all antsy? Nathan, come over here. All right, you face that aisle, I'm going to have you face this way, okay? Are these two in the same position? Let's say we're, over here, now, are they in the same position? Okay, they're in the same place. All right, you're going to walk the same way. Now, Neil, you expect this by now. He's making just a small directional change. Now, both of you take one step. They're still fairly close. There's not that much difference. And sometimes I hear this, Pastor, what? there's not that much difference. But what you're failing to see, what I see, is there's change. They're close now, 
take another step. Well, Pastor, we're still, I don't see what the big deal is. Well, we're fairly close now. Take another step. Another step. Another one. Another one. How close now? Not close at all. Where to start? One change. One change. There are churches that you could go back 20 years ago and they'd be just like ours and then some. But now you wouldn't recognize them. What happened? One little change. There are people who served in churches who were in everything. They were at soul winning. They were, they were in the choir. They, they, they taught Sunday school. If there was a work night, they were there. If there was a prayer meeting, they were there. And if you saw them and their children today, you would not recognize them. They didn't leave the church and jump all the way into that. They cut out one area of service first. They changed one little thing, and before you know it, this is where they are. This is a whole nother subject. But I, if there's a guy that far away and he's coming towards me, he's coming the right direction. As opposed to that little, be careful of the little change. Because it leads to instability. Thank you, guys. Y'all can sit down. It's like, what's our position today on that, Pastor? What's our position on that today? There's, there's, there is comfort, there is security in you knowing this is the way it always is. You know, some, I still want you to ask me, I still want you to talk to me, but it doesn't bother me to hear, well, Pastor, I didn't say anything because I knew what you would say. Or I know what we were going to do. Uh, we got to be careful of that. Then, I'm almost done. Change leads to conflict. Therefore, those given the change will bring conflict. This shouldn't be controversial, but I'm going to say it. If there's conflict in the church and the pastor did not change his position, the pastor is not bringing the conflict. If there's conflict in the home and mom and dad have not changed their position, it's not mom and dad bringing the conflict. If there's conflict in a relationship in the party that did not change their position, even though they might not have had the same position as you, but they're still who they are. They're still what they are. I mean, I have, I have a lot. There's, there, there's many of you. You could fall in this category. You don't. You, you don't put yourself exactly where I put myself on everything, but you're the same person you've been for, for forever. I'm good with that. I, I, I know what I have. I know who you are. I know your stability. I have preacher friends. They don't, they don't, they don't cross every T and dot every I like I do, but they, that's who they are. They've been that way forever. I can respect that. But change is going to bring conflict. Unless you've got other issues, nobody likes conflict. So that's the whole one accord principle. It's like, well, I, w- I wouldn't do everything. Okay, but this is what we've always done. This is the position we've always had. So be careful. I do not want to bring conflict into my church. I do not want to bring conflict into my home. I do not want to bring conflict into my relationships. The surest way to do that is to change because with change in our position brings some conflict because now there's that instability. Now that relationship is altered. So that change is going to lead to conflict. Therefore, those give the change will bring conflict. Pastor, why do you get upset when when preachers change or people change? Because I know there's conflict coming. There's going to be conflict. All right. King, I'm not going to call you God, Brother Dave. (laughs) All right, 
all of us are in that scenario right there. Now, let me give you number nine. Those given to change will use the Lord and King as justification for their change. Those given the change will use the Lord and the King, their authority, as justification for their change. Neil moves his position. The authority, why'd you move your position? Well, it's not going to be because I've changed. It's because my, my mom and dad who reared me in a Baptist church in a Christian home, they were so hard. It's, it's because they weren't perfect. It's because one time they spanked me too hard. It's, it's because they wouldn't let me go out with my friends on Friday night. Justification for the change, that conflict, it's always used. Well, why did God allow this to happen? Or why did God do, do this, this or that? Somebody who's changing is never going to say, hey, I'm changing. They change habits or principles. And you know whose fault it is? It's the authority's fault. Every single time. So, parents, I know sometimes when we have the prodigal that rebellion that rises up in our children. One of the oldest tricks for that is to try and negotiate with the authority for justification of the change. Your position, if your position wasn't what your position was, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Hold on, you've been doing this the whole time you were growing up in my home. You were doing, you were fine doing this. High school graduate, college graduate. Yeah. Yes, sir. When you were getting an education, when you were trusting Christ as your Savior, when you were finding your husband or your wife, you were okay with this. Right. The authority was good then. Yeah. They said, I do. They said, say, they said, they said pronounce me man and wife. But then when a change is made, it's the, it, we go to the authority. The same is true with authorities can do the same thing. If there's a change, there's got to be a justification for the change. Well, that's not really what the Bible means. That's not really what the Bible, that's not how I interpret that. Well, that's interesting because you interpreted it the other way before, but what's changed? You've changed. If I ever step to this pulpit and I start saying, well, you know, I, this is what... This is what we've always believed, but I believe after more study, the Bible says this, that's a change. What I'm doing is I'm blaming the word, saying the word of God is not perfect, or I'm saying this way we've been doing is not the right way. And it's the new day. We need to lighten up. I'm going to find some kind of a justification, and it's always going to be the authority. Always going to be the authority. It's, 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 it's the rules that rebels live by. It's as old as the Bible itself. A prodigal out the door, it's dad's fault. It's mom's fault. A compromise and change in, in a Christian, it's the pastor's fault. It's the staff member's fault. It's the, it's the teacher's fault. It's, it's all of these things. The authority remains the same, but when we change, there's always a justification and it's, it's blame-directed authority. Thank you, guys. I got number 10, one more. Look at me at verse number 22. I'll read verse 21 again. My son, fear thou the Lord and the king, and meddle not with them that are given the change. Okay, why is it a big deal to God that we... Okay, now let me, let, me, let me back up just a second. A scorner, the Bible says, don't even interact with them. Somebody who's given the change, 
That's not what God is saying. God is saying, don't spend any more time with them than you have to. Don't get involved in their affairs. In other words, if you don't have to be involved with them at all, don't. Because it, what, it leads to, what does it lead to? Look at verse 21, or verse 22. For their calamity shall rise suddenly, and who knoweth the ruin of them both? Number 10, remember this, trouble comes with change. Whose word is this? Let's make this very elementary tonight. If God says, thou shalt not, does God mean that? If God gives us a command, does God mean that? Are there consequences to not obeying God? Are there consequences to violating clear Principles. So God says, don't meddle with them because that calamity, that trouble is coming suddenly. Because there are things that God tells us to do because He knows the destruction that comes with stepping over what He's established. He knows that there's consequences of the change. I'll, I'll give you one. There are, there are some who'd say, well, this isn't that big a deal. This, you know, I know the church doesn't really, you know, they don't really preach about this, and they're not really strong on this. And it's not, What's the big deal? I'm still saying this and this. And you know what? But that doesn't mean their grandchildren are going to be saved. That doesn't mean these changes aren't going to affect their own marriage, their own home, their own children. Because God says you reap what you sow. You young people, you, you, you rebel against your mom and dad, you rebel against that authority, that will come home to roost with you one day. Because believe it or not, you're going to want a home one day. You're going to want a family one day, and you're going to be surprised. Why are they rebelling against me? Or you won't have any authority because you know that they're not going to obey because of what you set up. You, you young men and those that work on the staff, if, if God calls you out of here one day and you're going to be disloyal as you go out the door, don't be shocked when that's returned to you. Because that's given to change. And calamity comes with that. Be careful, if you have a disagreement with the pastor, if you have a disagreement with your parent or an authority, you better be careful how you handle that. God doesn't say you have to walk lockstep with everything. But if there's a change of position... Why? Because there's calamity that comes. You know, I, you know here's a good example. You know, I, I won't use that example tonight, but. For the calamity shall rise suddenly. There's security in not changing. And we must be on guard. I, I have, this is. This is a, if, no, if for nobody else, this is a good Bible study for me. As your pastor, I love you. I hope you know that. I love you. Because I love you, I want to give you everything you want that I have the power to give you. I want your life to be as good as it possibly can be. Well, pastor, can we do this? What, what about this? What about this? I, I want, but you know, there's just some things that your pastor is not supposed to give into. And believe this or not, I want to sometimes because I want you to be, I don't want you to be at odds with me. And mom and dad, let me just thank you. If there's something that you don't want to tell your parents, like go ask the pastor. We know what he's going to say. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. 
As mom and dad, this is probably a better illustration. I don't, there's some things it's easy for me to tell my kids no because it's just easy. But there's other things they're not going to understand. And it's like if I change this, what is it going to lead to? It's going to lead to another change and another change and another change. We've got to be very, very careful of that. You know, it's just even getting into this modern world we live into. I was late getting into it. I mean, for years, it's like, you want to, why don't you live stream the services? Bless God, I'm not live streaming our services. It's nobody's business what goes on in our services. And then COVID comes. And it's like, I've been praying about this, and I think we should live stream our services. You know, and now there are people literally all over the world. There's people all over the world watching right now because it's a blessing to them. You know, but I was, I could have, instead of saying the thing, I'm kicking myself, it's like, you know, I could have done this like five years earlier. That's a, that's a silly illustration, but I'd rather be slow to something than just change for the sake of change because there's, instability that comes with that. Um, I, I hope this helps. The Bible says don't meddle with those. You know what makes this hard? You know what makes this easier to live? If you didn't like everybody that changed. If you didn't love everybody that changed. If you didn't have fond memories of places you used to go that you can't go anymore because they changed. Or, or I'll use this illustration of preachers that would come in and be a blessing to you. But you're not going to have them anymore because they've changed. It would make it easier if you didn't have those feelings toward them. That's why God gives us the command. He doesn't leave it up to you and I. He says, don't meddle with them. Don't get involved any more than you have to be involved. And a lot of times we get involved, we don't have to be involved. And so this dealing with those who change, how to act towards them, and then how to guard ourselves knowing what comes into that pressure. If life's squeezing you, if I can describe it that way, be very careful because what you do, we all, we've all done it, is we just look for a place to re- release that pressure. I just got to get, I got to get some of this pressure off of me. I got to get, and so we'll do whatever we can do to relieve pressure. Don't let coworkers change you because they change. Be careful. Don't let your family change you. Most people who change, it's family that changes them. Don't let them change you. Uh, let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, thank you.